and welcome back to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast with me, your host, Yann. He's on a champion. Won't sing anymore, but we are back where we belong, boys and girls, the Champions League. Superb scenes coming off a good result. I was uh, very happy to watch a good second half at the bridge um, last time out. And um, to discuss that, I have Jimmy Fundle on the show today of the Chelsea Echo and writer for We Ain't Got No History. Um, a great episode. Really love talking to Jimmy. Uh, we get into the that game. We look ahead to the games coming up. We talk about sorry. We do the usual thing. It's a great episode. I hope you do enjoy it. Um, might as well ask you to give me a five-star rating on iTunes now because I'm not sure people ever listen. If you go on iTunes, please give me a five-star rating. You know, I've done this all season for you, lovely lot. Please help me out. Without further ado, let's get into the pod. We are the champions! <laughs> oh, these are the champions. I might have actually just screwed up the song in the opening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Mr. Jimmy Funnel this evening for the podcast. How you doing, mate? You okay? Hi, mate. Great to be here. What a weekend we've had and mm. a brilliant time to have a discussion about the Chelsea. Indeed, what what yeah, what a good uh, time to talk about Chelsea because um we'll have a look at the Watford game and just general stuff. Maybe we'll talk about Sari a bit, and then we'll look in part two, or maybe in part two we'll talk about Sari and we'll look ahead to the um, champi- um Champions League game, Champions League on the mind, um Europa League game, um and then we'll just uh, talk just general Chelsea, I guess, mate. So to start off, man, um let's look into the Watford game. For the first, not a great first half. I, I um I was at the game and I had wicked seats. Um, uh, shout out to Dan Silver for giving me his um his ticket. It was right on um the uh, halfway line of the of the West Lower, which um sort of in terms of full view of the pitch, it's a really good seat. But for the first half, it was very frustrating watch. Um, I feel like the only player that really uh stood out in the first half was maybe Jorginho in terms of not letting um not letting Watford get in the game too much and doing <clears> some interceptions but before we talk about the second half Jimmy how do you feel about that first first half frustrating for you mate well uh, as I wrote on Twitter I wasn't actually able to see the game live due to uh being in a musical with my fiance that was a birthday present so I was oh, wow, cool. unfortunately not able to watch the a game live but i did re-watch it watch it back mm. and i did it a bit differently so i started actually watching the second half because i thought i'm not starting with crap so i <laughs> just started with the second half and then i thought well okay let's look at the uh, first one and it wasn't as bad then uh, <laughs> you know. i hope you don't do that with films oh no <laughs> <laughs> if i do that with game of thrones i think my life will be Oh, mate. Much worse. <laughs> but, yeah, Friends no. is going off. But yeah, go on, go on, mate. Um, so, generally, I'd say, I mean, the first half... <sighs> I mean, bet the, the highlight of that half was definitely Kepa's safe. I mean, there's yes. no doubt about it. And that will be definitely a contender for one of the saves of the season, undoubtedly. Yep. But overall, our play was... I mean, it was just poor i mean there was just sloppiness i mean mm. the defensive you know defensive side it was once again exposed on several occasions i mean that uh, 
said save that Kappa did. I mean, you know, I don't know what our central defence was doing. Uh, Louise had some brain fart moments. Mm. And, I mean, Kante coming off, you know, when I read it, because despite being in that musical, of course, I always looked at my phone what was going on, and I just read K- N'Golo Kante Hamstring going off. Injury. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, shit, you know, I wasn't able to say it out loud. Because yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can uh, imagine that you sitting at a musical of like, dun, 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 and you going, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that would have attracted a bit of attention. But yeah. I, I, I was already feared for the worst. i, I got to admit, you know, I mean... <sighs> It's a crucial point in the season and it will hurt, but I'm really happy that despite him having to go off, Chelsea reacted reasonably well. I mean, second half, yeah, but as we're talking about the first one, mm. um, what, one point I would like to still say is that, as you already said, I have to echo that, Jorginho, he's been playing brilliantly mm. these last few games and I uh, concur with you that he was the star of that second half, of the first uh, half. Of the outfield players, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, throughout the game he was excellent, but I mean, he was the only one that sort of started well, in my in my yeah. opinion. I just kept um, sort of knowing, oh, that was good, oh, that was good, you know, early doors, and, I f- and then he just kept going, kept doing, like, good, um, executing good, you know, moves, or whether it was a pass that was wriggling out of um, the press, or making an interception, he, he played very, very well. Um, before we do, do talk about a positive second half... Um, I mean, oh, it's difficult for you because you watched it in reverse. Okay, but what what I what I was going to say is, <laughs> I was going to say is, I walked away from that. I mean, that was a poor, yeah. poor half of football generally. I, you know, for Chelsea standard, um, or what we should be, it was incredibly poor. But I feel like because we've been conditioned with a lot of issues in the team this this season, that I was less inclined to sort of highlight how it was shit. <laughs> if that makes sense, I was you know any other like top team I watched there I would have been like oh they're a bit off but I almost sort of there was like a sort of acceptance of I don't want to say acceptance of mediocrity because I know we can play very well um, with these players sometimes under this coach and all this sort of stuff but I don't know like I thought I was thinking oh maybe we can keep slugging it out and you know hopefully Eden Hazard will score a great individual goal and we'll get the points you know that was I was kind of like holding on to do you have you? Do you find like this season you've got a bit of that? Like you feel like you can't see the team playing properly as a team and doing playing to our standard. And we're like, oh, maybe we'll. Well, I'll say maybe we'll nick a goal off a corner, but that, this is the first time we've done that for bloody ages. But do, do you know what I mean by like oh, perhaps yeah. relying on Hazard and stuff? Do you, do you feel the same, or have you felt the same recently? I don't think that there's a sole Chelsea fan this season that can't say we relied on Eden Hazard extremely this season to get into the top four anything else would be a lie let's face it because Mm. the amount of goals he scored I mean he's our top scorer Um, he's scored some crucial goals like that equalize against Wolves I mean now you know not comfortably but reasonably comfortably we've got into the top four uh, which is pretty much a bit of an yeah, but that's despite our performances. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, you know, that, that point against Watford could have been crucial. And it still can be. You know, if, if we uh, 
draw, then you never know. Mm. Well, I actually know we'll get 72 if Tottenham win. Well, anyway, point is, you know, he has... We didn't know that, yeah, yeah. Exactly, we didn't know that, and that point could have been crucial. Mm. And it's the same against West Ham when he scored that stunner, which has got goal of the month, and, you know, Mm. understandably so, uh, deserved that. And Mm -hmm. that, that kind of changed the tide, if I remember correctly. You know, we were... Uh, prone again, Watf- uh, Watford, sorry, West Ham were having some good chances, but, you know, it just changed the dynamic of the game. Mm. And it's been so often the case now this season, and I'm fearful of what will happen next season, but that's, you know, that's something for the future we can discuss yeah. after. Yeah, uh, I've, yeah, yeah if, if I remember that, I want to talk about, obviously, losing Hazard is a huge undeniable negative but I feel like there might be some small positives that can come from it that we can talk um in terms of how the team believes in themselves rather than the pass the ball to Hazard team I feel like I could actually uh, I feel like I could empower the rest of the team um, in a weird way but we can talk about that a bit later um, yeah. he is responsible for half of the Premier League goals whether it's scoring and assisting this season or something like that um, but the second half he, granted he did contribute to two of the three goals in the second half but we came out in the second half, and instead of having 15 minutes of capitulation after a half-time team talk, we um we scored two goals in quick succession. So um, if you started that second half, Jimmy, with that you must have I felt did. pretty you must have felt pretty good, right? Ecstatic, yeah. Mm. I mean, Jan, when was the last time we've scored from a corner? And I'm not talking about a scrap in the box and someone pokes it in, mm. but from a header yeah. longer the days are gone with Brandis of Ivanovic John Terry mm. a- even Alex and Ricardo mm. Cavallo etc all of mm. those really well, actually even Gary Cahill you know yeah, while John was at the club mm. he, he was exploiting the space that was created by like three men marking John Terry yeah. so <laughs> we, we've had some real success at um, corners uh, set pieces in general in the past and that's just been gone for i'd say even since conte's here but that's not mm. necessarily conte's fault but wasn't his fault but just generally losing all the players that just happened and i gotta say it was great to see that uh david louise lovely for him uh, to get a goal wasn't that didn't he hit the bar he hit the bar i think as well and a free kick I, I think he did yeah but um did score um score he did hit the bar definitely yes mm. uh i'm not sure it was a free kick or if he just took a shot yeah he might have just taken i can't remember but yeah but, uh, lovely for him to get a goal there right oh definitely yeah he deserves and yeah so if this is one of his last games at the club then it's of course great to have scored um near the end of his season um i do think he will get an extension uh due to the circumstances even if the ban is frozen Hmm. temporarily but you know it's great to see that that he's still got that confidence and he's one of those players that has continually believed in Maurizio Sarri and he's reaping the rewards here even though as said he was a bit dodgy in defense in the first half Mm. well I think with Louise he's He's one one out of twenty games. He's like a world class. He turns into like Van Dyke on a good day. <laughs> and then, um, That's true. And then like the, yeah, and then the rest of the time he's a bit dodgy in defence, but spray. He'll always spray beautiful long balls, and he'll always give it his all. And I think the fans appreciate that. that um, that's actually sorry. Uh, can can we actually when we're talking about maybe. Uh, 
future and all that Champions League and that just address that with Luis's balls because mm. looking at I was looking at the centre backs that could come back uh, or we that we were linked to in you know recently and it'd be interesting to actually chat about that because yeah once I know he's dodgy in defence at times and he has his brain farts but we don't really have another player that can emulate him in regards to that passing. Mm. Uh, Christensen's very good at shorter passing. He's quite a technical player, but he won't do the long diagonals like like um, Louise. Yeah, no, de- definitely. Yeah, the thing is, of course, you know Christensen. I don't know if you agree with me here, and I, I trust him, and I really do like Christensen a lot. Mm. But the same as last season, when you know when the pressure got yeah. going, he faltered, and you know was robbed of confidence, etc. It's kind of happened now as well that he hasn't been too overly confident in his in his play and in his defensive display. Mm. And that is a bit worrying. You know, we always need good squad depth, but I can't imagine that uh, a player of his age wants to, of course, rot on the bench. On the other hand, I can't say that he would deserve to start in front of, for example, uh, more established players. I mean, I'm not... Well, Luis and Rudiger haven't been, you know... Untouchable, constantly. Yeah, untouchable, great themselves. They haven't been impeccable, far from it. So, mm. that respect, you know, it's all up for grabs, but we need actually one like... If, if we do want to contend for the title, um, then we're not always going to have days like against Watford, but we're going to have tougher days as, for example, against Burnley the other week, where mm. we need uh, more efficient defenders that just do what they have to do and... Van Dijk is the shining example of what a defender can do to a team. Because I swear to you that Liverpool's fortunes wouldn't have been as good as they are this season. Oh, 100%. Well, he's PFA Player of the Year. It says it all. The first man since John Terry centre-back to to do it. So it speaks volumes. He is. It's just the character as well. I mean, while we're on a mini tangent... When when he took control like in that Newcastle game and said no, Shakiri takes that free kick, so an in swinger will work better. Do you remember he like Trent Alexander Arnold was about about to take the free kick and he literally had to stop and say three or four times no, Shakiri takes it and he's like me yes you take it and he like demanded an in swinger because he thought it'd be a better chance of a goal and they scored a goal. <laughs> Yeah. So it's you know he's got a touch of the John Terry about him, as painful it is to say, but you know he's not a born and bred scouse. He's it's more of a mercenary buy-in. So, you know he had to, to fucking pay seventy-five million for it, but looks like they got their money's worth. So um, yeah, it, it's difficult. I feel like Rudy and Louise have incredibly good qualities individually, and I I feel like they'll be less expo- as the system gets better. It looks like Sari will stay for a another year seeing how it goes but as the system develops I feel like the centre-backs will be less exposed um, and therefore perhaps more calm and can play better um, like you know City and Liverpool do but on Christensen you're right the, it's, his technical ability and talent has never been uh, the thing for critique because you know even Guardiola was like straight in his ear a couple of years ago yeah excuse me true, yeah. but um, I, like you say like he's got a thing where he'd like quite literally shit himself before games and has to go to the toilet and sorry sorry was like didn't know did, i don't know if you saw that press conference when he was I asked did, yeah. and he's just laughing he's like i don't know what to say <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> but um louise yeah great his goal but let's move on to um, let's talk about um ruben coming on oh, nice. yeah coming on fortuitously well 
in the sense of coming on because obviously of Kante's hamstring injury. Um, I was like, shit, Kante's coming off. But as soon as I saw Ruben, I was like, well, you know, more... Like, we, like, you know, many Chelsea fans and football analysts will talk about what he brings to this Chelsea side. And he certainly brought in this game, again, making runs, people bouncing off him, as we've learned to love in recent games. And we know he can score a goal um, in terms of just, you know, either like a semi-dead ball. We've seen him curl it in the top corner. We've seen mm. him just bang long-range goals, short-range goals, poacher goals. But just to watch him rise above his old mate Chalobah, who, who we hate him for that, but he rose like a salmon and funded that header down. To know that's in his locker again as well properly from a midfielder, you know, a big, tall, strong midfielder mm. that can jump and get his head on it, it you know, brings comfort. How do you feel about the goal, man? Well... As it's it's similar with uh, what we were t- uh, what I was saying about uh, us not being really dangerous on set pieces anymore for such a long time. Room Loftus Cheat isn't someone that's slow. He's got great technique. The guy bullies opposite, uh, opposition. You know, yeah. really everyone. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure even our players. He could. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. The thing is, the guy is a fortress, and he's actually reasonably fast, very quick, got good pace. And the thing is, he can score goals, so he might not ever turn into, you know, the legend that is Frank Lampard for this club. But I'm sure that he's exactly what we need in this specific system Mm. uh, where the left centre mid needs to score goals. He can do that. And we have more uh, height on set pieces, which I mean, I think this is his second or even third headed goal of the season. Possibly, yeah. His first. I know he's already scored another one, uh, but I'm not sure if he hasn't actually scored a third as well mm. but my point being he, he gives us an extra threat on set pieces and we need that and you know if Kurt Zuma were to come back who is, can also be very dangerous yeah. in corners mm. that would be brilliant you know and Rudiger can be David Luiz I know he scored but mm. generally isn't so there's another issue that comes up with you know if you play Rudiger and Zuma because we don't have that pass up front anymore those cross field passes those defence splitting passes because Zuma's passing is not as on point as Luiz's. Yeah. Very few defenders are, but yeah, yeah. still. Uh, but generally speaking, that gives us this bigger dimension, uh, this this greater dimension on scoring goals from corners, uh, mm. which I love. And Ruben uh, Loftus Cheek, he's deserved it. He's mm. been patient. He's waited. He's always had a good attitude. I mean, model back, professional, yeah. Exactly, and I mean his back problems have been. Annoying, but that's not his fault. And we can only hope for the best that that, you know, doesn't repeat itself next season. But mm. generally, you know, the, the boy, can, uh, the lad can be very proud of himself. Mm. Uh, and as Sari said, and this is what really excited me in his post-match presser. He says, yeah, he's ready. He's, he's going to play next season. And that mm. I believe in because Kovacic, you know, I still think he's going to leave. Mm. And we have Ross Barkley and sorry did trust him at the start of the season, but gradually less and less. Mm. Room's the main man. He is, and even if we do get another midfield in, and I really don't hope that it's Mason Mount just yet, I think... Yeah, I agree. He needs time, doesn't he? Exactly. And the same with Tomori. I think if uh, Derby were to, you know, win the playoffs, that would be the best case scenario for Chelsea Football Club because then we could send Mason Mount there again and Tomori we know that they'd be Ampadu as well I think Ampadu should go to Derby for a season 
Uh, yeah, uh, the only snag is I don't know if Derby would want both of their central defensive partnership, you know, their partnership to be low knees. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So I'm not sure they'd want to do that. Well, but maybe, Amber- maybe if, if they stay up, if they stay up in the Premier League, you get a lot of money for staying up. So then they're like, right, you know, maybe you give one back or, you know, maybe they might play Ampadu in midfield as well, you know, but they, 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 they wanted him. Apparently they wanted him, but we did, you know, he should have gone somewhere looking at his game time, but he's such a player, Ampadu, and he will be incredibly important for us. Definitely. Um, the club obviously value him as well because they've made him one of the faces for the new kits and stuff. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So just um, on Loftus Cheek, while we're, while we're sort of waxing lyrical about him, um, I read an article. I can't remember who wrote it, but talking about how, you know, when as Eden Hazard goes, looking, you know, ninety nine point nine percent in the summer, that even if we try and replace the goals of his striker or something, we'd look no further than. Ruben Loftus cheek to offer that. You know when Hazard picks up the ball and everyone gets yeah. off their feet. Um not every team has that, you know. Like fair enough like you know look at someone might run down the wing fast like human son he might score a good goal every now and again. But Ruben is the kind of player and this is from central midfield. This is not forward who yeah. can pick up the ball, drive and do a worldly finish and get everyone on their seats like Hazard. If you look at um ha- I think Hazard's assisted Ruben the most. Um in yeah. in the yeah in the Premier League, which is mental considering he hasn't played that much, you know, or as much as other midfielders maybe. So you know he can be he can combine with other technical players. He can finish the goals. He can bounce people off him. He can dribble. He can nutmeg people. He can be that player that gets people on their feet at Stamford Bridge. We don't necessarily mm. need to. We can try and replace the goals, but in terms of looking to a player to lift the spirits and drive the team and be the difference maker. We can look at one of our own in Ruben Loftus Cheek. Would you agree mm. with that? I, I I would, you know, and not only Loftus Cheek but also Reese James and all the others. You know, I think it's crucial that we do start doing that. And Ruben Loftus Cheek is just the prime example of what rewards we can reap if we trust in them. Um, I mean, regarding what you mean with uh, the goal contributions, I mean, you know, we we had uh, those kind of players before Eden Hazard who was you know who's been our main goal scorer for years now so I, I fully agree with you wholeheartedly agree with you that he can fulfill that uh, potential and you know have 20 goals next season if he can contain his back problems and start you know he's our main starter and sorry doesn't rotate a lot then I think he can generally score 20 goals when this system is you know uh, perfectioned. We've got some more uh, perfected, sorry, and we've got some more reinforcements coming in. Mm. Even without Eden Hazard, I don't want to be, you know, uh, too down on him leaving because he's been a great servant. And we just have to uh, pass on the scepter to, for example, Room Loftus Cheek. Yeah. So. I just, that is a great development. Mm. I think it's interesting because obviously all Chelsea fans would love it because he's you know he's an academy product. He's been with us since he's like seven or eight. Um, he wants to play for the team. He, yeah. was, he was the wonder kid that went a bit quiet, but he fought for his place. He got his head down, and it was nice, like you say, for sorry saying he's ready and he's not. He's going to be an incredibly important play for England. He said he's not. You know, this is um, he's top boy basically, as what Sari was saying, and you know people critique sorry of how he treated certain players but when Ruben was interviewed about him 
he said good things about Sari. He's like, yeah, he did tell me. Yeah. He said, you know, he like he did tell me that I wasn't ready and I needed to get better and he didn't play me. And but I listened to him and I respect the fact that he's honest with me and he's made me better and it, he gives me he gives me confidence. Yes, we said he gives me confidence. So it's just great to hear, isn't it, that things are working out in that sense Definitely. in a season that's been. You know, ups and downs and, di- you know, difficult moments and stuff. It's a, It was really nice to hear. Um, I, I, in a second, I just want to sort of finish from Gary Cahill because that was a nice moment at the uh, at the bridge. But he, he, the third goal, Gonzalo Higuain, he did a couple of moments where runs and I think he forced a really good uh, save from Foster. And Higuain's frustrated for a load of reasons. But the thing is with him, no matter how many offsides will get in a game or how slow he is or how like absent he'll be in the game because he's not mobile or quick enough for the Premier League those runs and that finishing you don't lose I mean he just he, he is one of the great strikers of Europe and you know in terms of his career in terms of the his goal record if you know how it stands up against the other mm. great strikers in Europe and he, he didn't just stay at PSG and rack up a you know he wasn't at PSG but it was an example of I don't want to you know, slate Ebra because he did score goals elsewhere. But do you know what I mean? He could have scored like yeah. loads of goals in the top five league at France for PSG. You know, he didn't. It was for Real Madrid. It was for Napoli, where he still holds the record in Italy. And it was for Juventus, which still had a very good scoring record. Um, and obviously, Milan and Chelsea, it's been difficult for him. But testament to that ability that when you have been a world-class striker, there's certain things you don't lose. And that finish, that little dink was just testament to that would you would you agree oh definitely i mean generally the goals he has scored they've been fantastic you know think of the huddersfield goals that he scored those were top notch and you just when was the last time that strike at chelsea football club had scored outside the goal with such a curler you know a Mm. screamer Mm. it's been ages the same as um his goal if i'm not mistaken was against was it against Burnley, Burnley didn't he? Burnley, yeah. Where you mean the rocket when it hit the underside yeah, of the bar? Exactly. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah, so yeah. yeah so, know, save that, it, mate. Exactly. <laughs> His goal against Fulham was good as well. It's just the strike, instinctive striker finish. And yeah. I just think, you know, five goals in 13 games doesn't sound too good. It's about mirrors his, his Milan uh, stats. Record, yeah. But... But the goals you know, are good, you know. He, they were good, and they, he, he is 31 years old. He came into a new league, one of the hardest to adapt to, let's face it. Well, he's, the hardest, arguably. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's, you know, he's come into a dysfunctional team which was struggling. Don't forget that. And that's yeah. something... I don't. I'm not advocating for him to be uh, signed by Chelsea because the cost thirty mil or something for a 31 year old who is in decline yeah. wouldn't make any sense for us, mm. uh, especially with his with his. Um, uh, you know, a high salary that he'd... Uh, yeah, damn. I mean, so I, wonder no, if, I wonder if they'd... Yeah. I mean, I wonder if there'd been a negotiation with that salary because I think he does want to try and make it work at Chelsea and with Sarri. Um, because, you know, Sarri, just like, no matter what, he's like, he will always born to score goals. He's a goal machine. I sort of believe that when I see these moments still. I feel like it's just, you need, he's just been struggling to get into the game. He's not been, like, missing loads of chances and then... You know, like, scoring the odd worldy. You know, he's not doing like a Lukaku or Morata or something. You know, well, 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 think about the United game at the death. We could have won that. Yeah. And so he has had those kind of situations. One shouldn't forget that. Mm, that's true. But I feel like not not as you know. But I feel like he's not you know, Morata. No, he's not Morata. With a bit of confidence and finding a way to get him into the game, I feel like he could be 
a high, you know, even if by his stand, his his normalized standard is not as much, he he could get twenty Premier League goals, maybe. You know, but he's not going to score like thirty six or whatever the hell he got for Napoli, thirty four mm. for Napoli. Um, but if he got to, you know twenty Premier League goals, that'd be bloody wicked, you know. Um, anyway, we don't know. You know, I. I'd feel, like I'd said often with Sari this season, I'd feel equally lacking in confidence whether he stays or goes. <laughs> but, um, fair assessment. Yeah. Fair assessment. Um, a word on Gary Cahill. Um, I didn't like the, the stuff he came out with in the Telegraph, but I don't really want to talk about that, to be honest, because he had a nice moment where just the whole of Stamford Bridge um, was singing his name the whole game, I think, and then he came on, and then when he, when he with the first defensive header, the place erupted, um, you know, he got bumps from all the players, uh, sorry, didn't have to put him on, but he definitely did the right thing by putting him on. Uh, Premier mm. League record for the fastest um, player to um, get all major trophies at a club in, I think it was like three and a half years or something, I don't know, I, I did... Um, can't remember who confirmed that to me. I was talking. Was that? Was that? I don't know if hey. I was. Was it a live stream with you? Did you? I'm not sure, but it's definitely the truth. It's yeah. definitely the truth. So yeah. About it. yeah. So you know, it's been an absolute wonder serving. I think you know the first season of Conte he scored eight goals. Talking about set piece goals he needed, you know. But um, nice, nice moment to see that for him. Um, it would have been even better had he not said things that he did prior. Yeah. And I have to say. I don't want to make this about Sari because, you know, we're talking about Cahill here, but I think it shows um, great mentality by Sari to just forget about what Cahill said. Just mm. say, OK, yeah, I, I don't really think so, but he's gone anyway and he has a legacy here. He's mm. been a great servant to the club. I'll just give him that honour. Mm. A lot of coaches wouldn't have done that. I am absolutely dead certain if that would have been Jose Mourinho, he would not have played him. I am certain. Yeah, if it was if it was Jose's first season, yeah, absolutely, he wouldn't have likes like sorry, yeah. Um, no, I just, I just think because of uh, the comments they made, not because you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Paper. I me- think it's because of the comments, and Jose wouldn't have accepted. That. Of I think not, even yeah, Conte yeah. wouldn't have. And mm. sorry, sorry, he, hasn't got the ego though, has he? He hasn't got the ego no, of a Jose and a Conte. But maybe that's what we need. And just mm. to come back uh, to Gary Cahill. I've never been one of his biggest fans because of, you know, he's backing away. He's infamous. Uh, he's backing off attacking players. But, you know, I'll never forget what he did for this club. And he Champions will. Final. Yeah, that I mean, what he did, not only in the final, but also against uh, the, 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 the ga- in the games that came beforehand, you know, mm. uh, in, in Barcelona, in Napoli, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's you know th- these are big games, and also in the Europa League. So mm. credit he, where credits due. He left it all on the pitch, and like JT, he put his face where it hurts. Um, Certainly, he, but one thing one has to say, Jan, and I hope you agree with me, though, because as much as he has done for this club, he shouldn't have been captain. I'm sorry, but he no, is no, not. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I yeah. really think. Should have we would have needed in these hard, you know, tough years where John Terry hasn't been in the club anymore. Mm. We would have needed someone to really, you know, take everything at the scruff of the neck. Yeah, and Louise would have been better, I think. That. Yeah, probably he would have, but you know, due I to feel like I feel like yeah, problematic. But you know, he was Gale, a good. He was a good on. He was a, he was a good on the pitch captain. Why J, for JT's final year when we won the league under Conte because it was like JT was. 
captaining through his mate Cahill, if that makes sense. You know, he was yeah. like he was like using him as a sort of um, what's it called? Um, oh, a conduit or something, whatever. But you know, to to take on the mantle himself, like, you're right. I feel like it was it, it had this vibe of B Tech JT and a sort of yeah. obligated thing. But but like you say. It, He's been a fantastic servant and has been present in Chelsea's best days and being a, a big contributor. And even though he, he he won't probably reach the sort of um legend status of JT Lampard, Drogba, and all that, he he's certainly in the in the tier below because of his uh, contribution. So I think I think that's a nice uh, place to end part one. Um, part two will pick up. Uh, looking forward. Alright, before we get into part two, this is a quick message from Yannick on Chelsea himself. Um, I plugged this before, but I'd like to do so again. I've started a YouTube channel called Yann the Statman. Not exclusively Chelsea, but I do talk about some Chelsea stuff on there. It's a football stats and analysis YouTube show. Um, I basically would like to request that you subscribe to my YouTube channel because... If you enjoy listening to me talk about Chelsea, you may enjoy listening to me talk about football in general. So just search on YouTube, Yan the Statman. It's just started my channel. It's in its infancy. So I'd very much appreciate you, listener, subscribing to my YouTube channel. Anyway, let's get back to the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anacon Chelsea podcast. I'm still here joined by Jimmy Funnel of the Chelsea Echo. We've been talking um, the Watford game, Iguain, Gary Cahill, Ruben Loftus Cheek. We've had some good. Uh, we've we've done some good content <laughs> so far, Jimmy. Mm. But um, yeah. before we, uh, you know, look ahead to the general Chelsea future, let's talk about the um, the return leg of the Eintracht uh, Frankfurt game. Mm. Um, I've, uh, I wasn't going to go, but I think I will go because I think there's probably the more stuff I read about Eden Hazard, I'm thinking, oh, I should, yeah, I should go, really. So, check it out. Um, everyone's I've been speaking to is quite confident, and I know maybe this because they just got hammered in the um, Bundesliga, but um, I don't know. If Prague can come and score three away goals at the bridge, <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lukiovic might fancy his, uh, his chances. Um, what are your initial thoughts about this second leg, and how do you feel about, uh, you know, how do you think things will go? Well, I mean, now that we're in the top four, uh, I think Pressure's players off. should be. Uh, sorry, pressures off maybe. Yeah, I was exactly. Say. Yeah. 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 So I think they can play more freely now. So I do hope that the team, uh, nevertheless, takes this this um, incredibly what, in front of them. Yeah, mm. still seriously, definitely. Mm. Yeah, mm. because one has to keep in mind that this is still a European trophy that we'd love to, for example, I mean, let's be, be honest, Eden Hazard will leave and it would be great for him when while he started at his Chelsea career with a Europa mm. League trophy, he would end it with a Europa League trophy. And yeah. I can't, I don't understand people saying, you know, who cares about the Europa League? I don't care if we win it or not. I do. It's a yeah. European trophy. Something yeah. to brag about. You mm. know, Manchester United and Arsenal will be in it next year again. Ha ha. Mm. And they all want to win it as well because it's, you know, plan B to get a Champions League football. And, be... and notice how you said Arsenal are going to be in it next year, insinuating we're definitely going to be in the final. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, 
I do believe that um, Arsenal's had the edge over us in so recent I. years. I hate but it, yeah. they are in an incredibly crap position at the moment. The moral is at an all-time low. They're dealing with injuries. Their defence is shocking, really shocking. Yeah. And the thing is, the only place where they're actually any good is at home. They won't be at home in Baku. So mm. even if it's a one-off, you know, one, one should never take things lightly. Mm. I do think that we have the edge because we've been better uh, in away games, European away games this season, and we have generally been better in away games, I do believe. Mm. Not necessarily against the big teams, but this is Arsenal, and we will be incredibly motivated as you know as long as we do beat frankfurt i think this actually i shouldn't be complacent already talk about the final so just <laughs> just to, to say you know i do think that we can beat arsenal if we do get into the final but to come to frankfurt you yeah, go talk about frankfurt see what yeah, you think about them. they have a really incredibly talented uh, squad um as someone who does uh tend to watch bundesliga football due to you know location Locale, and so on yeah. um the thing is that Frankfurt, they have a really good coach who's an Austrian, Adi Hütter, who's been in the Austrian Bundesliga, has been in, uh, uh, has done a great job for young boys, Bern, in the past. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's just someone who relishes playing against the top dogs. And, you know, Frankfurt, you know, despite uh, us getting an away goal, they are still incredibly dangerous. Mm. The only thing that I think really does speak for us now apart from you know quality wise and with Chelsea is that they got absolutely hammered by Bayer Leverkusen at the weekend did and you watch, did you watch that game I did only watch the extensive highlights and I watched it in which is called uh, like a uh, doppelpass which is like ma- the match of the day in Germany okay so they were chatting about that and what does doppelpass mean oh, uh, that means that, you know, you pass to your um, teammate and he passes back. Oh, like give and go. It's a play between... Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. A, it's like a give and go, yeah, cool. So, pass, pass is pass, which is self-explanatory, and doppel is just double, so double pass, uh, word for word. Mm, um, okay, okay, sorry. That, that, <laughs> yeah. like, no, no problem, it's just that's like the match of the day, uh, kind of, where they chat about everything then, and mm. basically, you know, they, they were shocked, and I, I can't blame them, you know, mm. Frankfurt's had a really good season, but uh, recently they've been struggling, they might actually not even get into the Champions League, you know, in those Champions League spots oh. um, next season. Um, is, it, is it free for the Bundesliga? Or? No, it is four, but, yeah. you know, Bayer Leverkusen has, like, only one point behind them. And as I said, they are currently struggling, so they could actually lose out on the final day. Mm. Um, I can't I remember the fixture list. In, I don't have it in my head uh, at the moment, but, you know, anything's possible. And they will be riled up. They do not want to... Oh, no, actually, they're on, on the same amount of points. Frankfurt's only got a better goal difference by five. But they're, they're, they're at risk, basically. Exactly, they're mm. at risk. And um, while they don't have, you know, the hardest of oppositions on the last day, while uh, Leverkusen does with Schalke, um, they will nevertheless want to prove a point against us. And, you know, it's this one-off game, even though it's a knockout stage, they, they, they'll think that everything in, there's everything in it, you know. And mm. Luka Jovic is in form. Um, that header man in the first leg. That it was such a lethal one there and wasn't, yeah, there wasn't much there wasn't much sting on the ball coming in but he put such a whip on it into the side netting that was just delicious the guys 
gifted. Mm. You know that that's just, we know it. Yeah, also off got, to Madrid maybe. Well, possibly. You know, I wouldn't put it past them to acquire him. Mm. Benzema's, you know, at the well, twilight. Actually, I'll pick up again where you were just saying but I only say that because apparently they're looking at him quite closely but apparently Jovic likes playing with a partner and they want to now um, Zidane's back obviously Benzema's is like surrogate son Um, I think they want to squeeze at least another year out of Benzema and give him a partner like he sort of did with Ronaldo so maybe Jovic could be be that guy but um uh, yeah sorry pick up where you were man but, um, no, no, I, I will actually um link there link up mm. there because i think that he would also fit the system quite well and if he does have a partner he doesn't have that at chelsea mm. and true you true. know you never know i mean he has been playing as a um sole forwards as well um mm. since Alas unfortunately injured uh been injured but you know just to you know put his name in the hat he would also be a good option, Sebastian Haller, if Jovic were to leave. Um, he's more like a Giroud, but really pacing, got really good technique. Um, mm. That's so he, interesting. Like, yeah. like a younger Giroud, but uh, he's got more to his all-round game. Um, and mm. he's also scored, like, if I'm not mistaken, 14 goals in 27 games, which is pretty damn decent. decent. Better than a goal um, every two games, which is a good return, yeah. Exactly. So, you know... <laughs> If we don't get him, he would be a good option. He would be like this Akadiusz Milik that Isari had at um, Napoli, Napoli mm. for example. So people say, you know, we can't play with a big, uh, a big strike up front. I mm. disagree. You know, Sari would disagree. I am quite sure as well. And so, yeah, that would be a, a possibility. But they also have several other. Um, players that are really dangerous. Rebic. Rebic, Kostic, yeah. He's going to be back he, now as well, isn't he? For the exactly. He played actually as a sole, uh, as a centre forward, uh, as a lone forward, sorry, against Bayer Leverkusen. Did mm. not look good. But, mm. you know, if he does play on the wing against us, uh, maybe on the right, while Kostic is on the left again. Mm. I do suspect that they'd play uh, the three at the back again. Then, yeah. you know, that that is something that we should be worried about because they have a great team. Mm. And, Complacency hasn't served us well in the past, so I do hope that um, we don't take this lightly. And despite our uh, away goal, we really do. Mm. Uh, well, if they, if they score an away goal, if they score first in this game, mm. you know what I mean? It's it's, it's all up in the air. And we, we, we've conceded three goals to Prague recently at, at the bridge. That's fucking Prague. Yeah. So, you know. yeah, no, to be fair, they did kick out Seville, so yeah, they're, yeah, they're not... Yeah. You know, Pushovers, but no, generally true. with our defence at the moment, you know we should be a bit worried. Mm. I, I the only thing I am confident about is I know we won uh, with a clean sheet with Alonso in the team, but uh, against those attackers that are lethal, I'm very happy that Emerson should rotate back in. So mm. um, should, I, that yeah. is a positive. Should and, yeah. <laughs> yeah should yeah yeah um, yeah okay cool. Um, obviously, it will be about Kante. It looks like. From what Sari says is Kante oh, should be back for the final. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. But like, it's not like a long-term thing. I think they said they wouldn't want to risk him for... They wouldn't want to risk him for the um, Leicester game, travelling up and playing there. They'd want to... He, he, Sari said it was his... It's quite actually good that Sari said, yeah, I shouldn't have played him. I made a mistake. He was a... We thought he might be a bit fatigued in the hamstring or something, and I played him, and then, you know, he basically said that's on me, which is good to oh, hear. Yeah, yeah mm. which is good to hear. But he said it doesn't think it's very serious, but um, by all accounts, 
they wouldn't want to risk him for that. Certainly won't be ready for <clears throat> Europa, and they wouldn't want to risk him for Leicester, and so that he could be available for the final. So that's well, good. Well, the end of the month, right? If I'm not mm. mistaken, that's a few weeks. Yeah, mm. yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess, hopefully, we might see Barkley start. I would not be surprised to see. To be honest, like... I Ruben has to play some sort of part, but then I really want him, I really want us to go all out for the Leicester game as well. Um, we can actually talk about the Leicester game as well in a in a second because um, technically it's in the sort of same week. But um, Barkley starts. I guess Giroud is Giroud's competition. He's uh, top scorer, first Chelsea player to reach double digits for in a European campaign. Olivier Giroud, so that's a nice little stat for you there um, with 10 mm. goals. Um, I don't know it's Europa, but still, you know, it's a nice little thing to have. Hopefully, you can get one or two more in the final two games, provided there are two more games. Um, so, how do you see the game going on Thursday, generally, Jimmy? Do you do you think winning a clean sheet or a, a, you know, a win with both teams to score, or how do you feel? Um, well, the thing is. We broke our curse, more or less. I mean, this is, you know, a bit uh, over the top, but we kind of broke our curse of, you know, starting a slow to a second half and being atrocious. Even at Burnley, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... I know we didn't get the three points, but the second beginning of the second half, the 15 minutes, we didn't concede, and it wasn't like a, a notable dip. Mm. So so that, that should give confidence. And I think it was being such a... It was looming over these players... For quite a while now that you know oh, will we get into top four will we not mm. it's about the champions league these players all want to play champions league that's they all, what, yeah you know, they they know they're champions league players now do you know what i mean yeah, yeah that is something that should instill confidence i do hope and mm. um well frankfurt they they are playing maybe for their champions league hopes so we shouldn't underestimate them but generally i think that the team should be uh well oiled enough to say, okay, mm. we're not going to be complacent. We're going to try and come out strongly. Um, no slow starts, as has been one of our killer's heels in the past, or this season, actually. So I do hope that um, he plays with Loftus Cheek again because he just gives his team a lift, if you mm. ask. I don't think he has a choice anyway with Kante being injured. But if he plays Loftus Cheek, Jorginho, and I know you say Barkley, but. I, I really don't think it too highly of Kovacic anymore, but if he does have a good position, then I do think it's Kante's position. He's just not made to score goals mm. and drive forward on that left position, which is more dense because, you know, Sari likes to overload the left. Mm. So I think that Kovacic would work actually maybe better on the right. And as Ross Barkley hasn't been too good himself recently, I, th- I think it would better be better because I don't agree with you to give the game on Sunday a real go because we've got nothing to play for anymore. I know personal pride with fourth or third, but uh, third I, don't... I like that. Spurs, man, Spurs. I know, I know. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to that in a second, but go on, we'll finish, finish your exactly. thoughts on this game. So my point is that's why I wouldn't rest players Thursday. Well, rest, you know, mm. wouldn't rotate too much. I would play with our best possible lineup and then rest them maybe on Sunday um, because, you know, it's only two more games or hopefully three Mm. Although there will be quite a long period in between the last game of the season, the Premier League and the Europa League final, at least two weeks. So, you know, they'll have a a good rest. Mm. And that's why, you know, give it their all uh, on Thursday and secure that place in the final. 
Give me a school prediction, Jim. Whew. I think we're not going to get away with a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, it's the so, first port of call, isn't it? Every yeah. fucking time. Yeah, we're not going to give a clean sheet. So, 3 uh, 1? I, I, yeah, actually, I would have said 3 1. I was contemplating 2 1 or 3 1, but as I'm fairly confident after Sunday, I'm going to go with 3 1. You? I agree. I concur. I can say 3 1 as well, purely because on what you've just said and the fact how Frankfurt are going to probably score a goal, but they also shown that they can capitulate from their last performance, and I feel like they can't emulate that Frankfurt atmosphere, even though their away fans probably are going to be amazing at the bridge. Hopefully Chelsea will be a bit more united and buoyant, so hopefully they can see us through. Um, I'll end, we'll end a bit on sorry, but, um, so let's talk about Leicester. Leicester... Mm. <laughs> Okay, but Leicester look fucking wicked. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brendan Rodgers, um, really like, you know, fair play to him. You know, I know he's done. He did, he's still quite a young coach. He needed some good stuff, and he did nearly was on for the treble treble at Celtic, but that didn't really mean much. It meant obviously he's a good coach, but it didn't really mean much. But ever, everyone could see Leicester had great players, um, and they still had some players knocking about that know what it's like to win. Uh, a title, not many, it's granted, but um, yeah, they're great players. They've got a good youngsters, um, you know, Telemans and Didi, Madison, Vardy, Chelsea. yeah, Damari Gray and um, uh, Pereira. What's, what's the fullback called? Ricardo Pereira. Pereira. Oh my god, yeah. If we didn't have Reese James, I'd really want us to go in for him. That guy is absolutely. Imagine, imagine, that- imagine getting Pereira right back, Lucas Dean left back. That would, that, that would literally be like... Oh, even Chil- Chilwell as well. Chilwell's I'd fucking... I was say, Chilwell's, you know, in his own respect, is brilliant. And I'd actually want Chilwell at our club. Because so would I. Yeah. English fullback, he's brilliant. He's yeah. an international. And we need a permanent solution there. And I think Emerson, play, having him as a, you know, like a backup to Chilwell, for example, they just... Yeah. Rotate, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, that'd be Not great. Yeah, happen, Ben Chilwell, yeah. man. Yeah, but Luca Dean, he's been absolutely <laughs> he's immense. This season. Yeah, he's been mm-hmm. immense this season. Um, God, makes Leicester sound like they've got a better squad than Chelsea. <laughs> I think take Hazard away. I think they probably do. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, and because I'll just pick up what Vincent Company said after yesterday's win. Uh, was it yesterday? Or was it already yesterday? Two it, was yesterday. it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. What, um, what goal, Vinny? By the way, just got to put no, that one in. He, he 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 said, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what a goal! But mm. he, what he said uh, in the post-match interview with uh, was it Scott? Whatever. Anyway, in the interview, said basically Leicester City are a top six team now, and I couldn't agree more. It's mm. the same with Hampton, which is you know ludicrous thinking that they were actually in the championship last year, but mm. it's just the case. You know, Wolverhampton and Leicester City, the uh, same goes basically for Everton as well, you know, those three teams, they could generally uh, push for the top six in the next two years because Absolutely, they will yeah. only further invest. If they uh, manage to keep onto their assets, mm. like, for example, uh, Attila Moore for Leicester or uh, Everton, you know, uh, with Richarlinson, you know, mm. if Leicester were to get Riyad Mahrez back, which isn't impossible, that would be ridiculous. Their squad is fucking good, man. Yeah, and Wolverhampton, that is the, that is the squad that everyone is going to circle around, not only in the Premier League. Yeah, the top. but it looks like, I reckon, because they've signed Jimenez full-time now, he's become like the yeah. talisman, everyone wears the mask in the, in the stadium and stuff. <laughs> so, I don't know. You're right, man. I feel like 
But if you look at Everton, I mean, Everton, there was a couple of years ago, they just seemed to buy five number 10s and they wasted loads of money and they looked shit. Yeah. But when they literally, you know, they got rid of Rooney um, and they, and Klassen, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it was Klassen. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, when they, Sigerson is, he could, he'd get into mo- a top four side. He's, he's excellent. Um, when they said, right, no, you're our number 10, we're going to play around you. We're only going to play one number 10 and it's going to be uh, Guilfi Sigerson. We're going to get good players. So they've settled to like this kind of like tier of teams that you've just quite rightly uh, listed, but all three of those clubs are run now and they've got a philosophy and they know what they want to do. And you look at Man United, Arsenal, and ch- indeed Chelsea even as Chelsea, well. Yeah. yeah, even mm. Chelsea as well. They don't have that. So you know, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Even if they don't have the sort of quite Galactico names that I say, like you know, Chelsea, <laughs> B Tech, Galact- aging Galactico names and. You know, same with the other two, really, mm. actually. But um, they've got the the brighter, more uh, effective stars, even if they're not as um, big brand names. A whole so you know, um, uh, you know, well known names. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. they could they could challenge for that just because they're doing football properly. But to go back to what you said about you know we've secured top four, how seriously do we take this game? Yeah, I think third place this season. Is almost like winning a sort of. This is gonna sound so fucking Liverpool. Oh, so it sounds you... Liverpool. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to hear that. Don't say it. The realization in my voice as I was saying it, like I felt dirty. But what I mean is, Liverpool and City are so far away from the rest. It's almost like, ha, we're all shit, but we're top of the shit. Do you know what I mean? So not in an egotistical mm. Liverpool way, like we deserve a trophy for being. You know, they're literally saying putting the pressure on without saying put the pressure on. And that's what Liverpool have been saying. But um, do you know what I mean? It's a little bit like not not for our own ego, oh, just just to laugh at United, Arsenal, and Spurs. Say that we're all fucking shit, but at least we're sitting on top of you, you know, in the third place. Because um, there is something there is something different about third and fourth place. Um, I know that gets forgotten down the years, but certainly the year you do it and the year after, it's sort of, you know, it, it does feel nice. So oh, um, you know, but it is a way at Leicester. There might be a feeling of the game where they know they're not. I mean, are they in seventh? Where who's in seventh place? They're they're in ninth. Ninth. Okay, so they can't get seventh. uh, Presumably, they can't get seventh. No, but they are only a few points uh, behind um, Everton. Not Everton. God, what am I talking about? Uh, Yeah, actually, Everton as well. No, Wolves. They can't. um, They can't leapfrog them anymore because Wolves is fifty-seven, Leicester is fifty-one, but Everton is fifty-three, and they still have to play against uh, who was it? A big team, if I'm not mistaken. So, Uh, in that respect, you never know. Um, The thing is, what the only the only I mean, they would want to win because I guess being up one more space is more money for the club. Definitely, (laughs) you know. So I don't know. Maybe they get a slight bonus or something. I don't fucking know. Point being is they'll know that we don't really give that much of a shit about it. So, you know, watch how they played against City yesterday. They played so well because they know their win would be so significant. There's, like, kudos in that. But there won't be significance to the win over Chelsea apart from a home bragging rights. Do you know what I mean? So there'll be less, like, blockbuster worldwide eyes on it. So I think that might play into our hands a little bit more. I I think we could draw that, to be honest. I think both parties would be very happy with a draw. Mm. And, you know, Tottenham, even if we do end up fourth, they they want to win against Everton because even though they, they, you know, Arsenal isn't going to score eight goals against Burnley, but they still, they want to, you know, 
finish, even if they only draw. Mm. And, uh, you know, Leicester, maybe they still think, well, if Tottenham win against Everton, which you'd expect... Mm. Um, well, I don't know. You don't expect anything nowadays, but <laughs> yeah, you know, on, yeah. on paper, on no, paper, no human yeah. son, maybe no Harry Kane. Uh, I know Sissoko, fucking no Foyf. He's been red, you know, all these red cards and shit. I don't but know. On paper, you know, on just paper, yeah, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Manager, so theoretically, they could still jump past uh, Everton, mm. and they would, you know, be eighth. I'm not quite sure. I think only the seventh. And the sixth can get Europa League qualification, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, that won't so. happen anyway. But still, you know, they want to end up uh, as far at the top as possible. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, Brent Rogers, as you said, fantastic, great job done. Fantastic job. You know, I, I've never had a problem with Brendan Rogers, even though people have been taking the piss, you know. Well, like, yeah, yeah. He's a good... deluded Brendan. I know with his character bullshit, but, you know, he's he's a good coach. He's he is a, a good He's a good guy, coach. So... Yeah, absolutely. Well, coaching staff, but still. So, you know, I, I'm happy for him, you yeah. know. Yeah, why not? I'm not happy for Chelsea because this league is only going to get more competitive. I mean, mm. don't you agree? I mean, it's going to be tougher and tougher uh, to it's, get that top four. And it's nice to have a household name back, isn't it? Like, why not? Like, the part of the Prem fucking drama. Um, it's true, yeah. Mate, Spurs have lost 13 times this season. They have, yeah. That is absolutely... Actually... We've, lost eight, we've lost eight times, and apparently this is, like, the worst season of our lives. You know, that, that's the thing, because I was listening to Arsenal Fan TV the other day, and that was hilarious, first of all. And second of all... Mm. Tottenham lost 13 games and Arsenal was still not able to get into the top four despite actually being like ahead of all of us, you know, United. We're and with Chelsea. the easiest run, with the easiest yeah, running. Just running. And I think that is something that many Chelsea fans will take for granted. But mm. we've done reasonably, but also phenom- phenomenally well. Mm. Uh, given the circumstances. Well, well, on that, Jimmy, let's just say, uh, I want to ask you for a school prediction realistic because it's yeah. like, you know, fuck knows. Because <laughs> it's just, it's, a, it's not, because we don't know the incentive of the players. So we got yeah. a little bit more context with the Frankfurt game. But let's just say, in an ideal world, we win that game because the pressure's off. Finish the season, um, 22 wins, 8 losses, 74 points. Comfortably in third place, mm. got to a cup final that we held our own very, very impressively against um, the best team in England. Um, you know, arguably one of the top, oh, top, top teams in Europe as well. So, uh, you know, probably should have won in the second half. Only just lost on penalties, which is very good. If we if we became third and got to a cup final and lost in that manner, it would be a good season for a debut manager in his debut, but to, to be in a European competition semi-final and likely to get to the final, objectively, on paper, a very good season. Um, before I get your thoughts on it generally in the coach, just, yeah. uh, you know, l- like one would think that's objectively a good season, but there are nuances to it. Um, obviously, embarrassing capitulations, uh, which you could just argue is down to the players or managerial naivety. But Chelsea as a club, but the fan base aren't the type of fan base to take those so well, even if we do well at the end of the season, which we have. But I am still on the proverbial fence with Sari. Um, I'm happy for him to stay and try and get a player or two, hoping the ban gets postponed, um, which would make his football work better. Um, if we got someone else in, you'd hope the club has an idea of someone to bring someone in that might work better but then you just don't know again lacking 
confidence equally in both scenarios. But I think, before I get your thoughts on it, if he just... He's a football nerd, sorry. He wants to play his mm. football. He doesn't give it. He doesn't doesn't have the ego. He'll never have an ego because he had he had a proper job, basically. Sorry, do you know what I mean? He, I always like uh, say on pods and stuff about how Pep was like bred in a Barcelona Johan Cruyff machine, and so he was born into football, and like you know he like grew up for it. Where it's definitely not the case with Sari. He appreciates. He's a he's a little bit wiser. He can he, you know he's a bit of a no nonsense guy. He's very very honest mm. um, and he doesn't really give a shit about the things other than his football nerdiness which is kind of cool in its own way but oh yeah but he would have done himself a favor if he put on a suit for the cup final and not that fucking tracksuit and you know maybe just got a little white nicotine not vape but like nicotine suction thing if he needs the the ritual of sucking on something like a cigarette something a bit more neat and tidy and maybe clap the away fans and certain games all this kind of stuff that he's not obligated to do but would have served him incredibly well i feel like he would have done himself a massive favour with the fan base. Uh, how, how do you feel about the season, Jimmy, and how do you feel about Sari in, in that context? Well, I mean, to start things off, Chelsea Football Club has enjoyed such a large amount of success over the last one and a half decades that we've kind of gotten spoiled at this point. Yes. One that really has to... Um, admit that as a Chelsea fan and don't get me wrong it's been brilliant and I'd want us to continue be as successful as we have been however mm. things and or times change that we are in a period of transition and especially the older generation who don't you know they always say well you know we've been here when we were shit blah 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 mm. but you know even they have gotten you know used to this success wave and mm, well, it's 20 odd years of, exactly know, of being a good team mm, even before Abramovich exactly mm, that's nine, in the 90s that's yeah. something, something that people like to forget you know mm. opposing fans but we have to adjust our uh, expectations and our footballing culture at the club not only in regards to the fan base but generally expectations as said and so on and you know given the circumstances the Difficult circumstances after Conte left. We've lost our old guard. We're in disarray at board level because Roman Abramovich, you know, with the visa situation, which I'm not mm. going to go into detail no, because yeah. you know, it's political. Mm. But point being, Maurizio Sarri has had some difficult circumstances and an aging squad, one should not forget, mm. and a, a squad which includes their best and star player, which will... <laughs> What well, it was pretty obvious that he would leave this mm. summer from mm. the start, let's face it. But he knew it and he nevertheless did, made the best out of what he could. Mm-hmm. It's been painted as if we've had a diabolical season, although, you know, there are other teams which have been lauded like Tottenham that haven't had a better season than us, really. No, 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 no. And that's something that people like to forget. I mean, I know they're in a Champions League semi-final. And, yeah, but they're you know, probably going to get knocked out. And we're going to be in two finals. So, you know. Possibly. Mm. But my point is they're in a Champions League semi-final. And that is always a big achievement, True. if you ask me. Because that's the, the hardest competition of them all. Yeah. And, you know, you know, credit to them for the, doing that, even though mm. they're Spurs. My point is, Sari is someone who's brilliant for the club at the moment. Because he is getting along with Hiroki. Mm. He okay to you know just make do with what he has and i'm I'm pretty sure that was the main incentive why one actually uh wanted to get him in uh from the start Mm -hmm. but the thing is 
a lot of been a lot of people have been clamoring for Frank Lampard, for example, or John Terry to come back in, etc. The point is, if Sorry, were to still stay here for another one or two years, let's say, because we've got that curse of you know two years or three years, manager gets kicked out. Yeah. Then maybe Frank Lampard would be ready to yeah, take it would, it would the serve us better to to keep Sorry's that, project. Yeah. So he they, I'm not saying that they play the uh, same brand of football, not entirely, but you know he likes uh, Lampard. What I've seen from his uh, from the games uh, that I watched. Um, he wants Darby to dictate in. the game, doesn't he? He wants to dictate the game. It's a more uh, expansive style of football. So mm. I don't think that we would be ill served if we would say, you know, we have sorry for the next uh, few years. Um, and then Frank Lampard were to come in for whatever reason, sorry, would get the sack. Then let's hope he doesn't because, you know, if he doesn't, that means that Things presumably wrong, we're yeah. doing well. Yeah. Um, and we want to do well. So, yeah, I think that's just he's good for the club at the moment. I've had my quarrels with him this season uh, enough. Yeah, I've ranted on Twitter as well because of two main points, and I'm sure you concur with this. uh, That's team selection and in-game management. Uh, His substitution has been atrocious at times. His team selections have been just, you know, non-comprehensible as well. It's just, you know, you ask yourself why, Mm. and then you think things have gotten better, even though, you know, the results aren't as they should be. Team selection got better. Yeah, no, team selection, yeah, but not always. You know, at points in February, for example, you thought, oh, he's actually finally starting mm-hmm. to use Rafter's cheek, Hudson Atoy. And then, you know, we had some success, I think. Then there was the, the, the international break, and then he just reverts back to using the same old people. And I just, I, yeah. I didn't understand that. And I've... we just had bad results again. And that's something that was criticised. But on on that, I I, I feel he's like oh, yeah, he's done better. And I feel yeah. like something if he was to be sacked, say in the summer, something yeah. whether it's forced upon him or this or that or injury, part of Sari's legacy was making Callum Hudson Odoi and Ruben Loftus Cheek starting eleven players because he was there was a point where his big games he was starting them too, and then the other games you know he was starting the others so. You know, Jose and Conte wouldn't have done that, basically. Um, they would have been like, no, I want to play my senior players that I trust. And, um, you know, sorry, certainly. Maybe it was from the club getting in his ear, maybe not. But he didn't seem like a youth kind of playing guy. But regardless, they became, you know, starters for this side. So um, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I echo all your sentiments there. I just feel like... Um, I'm happy for him to stay and get another player or two and yeah. try and make us better. Uh, maybe closer to the other top two teams. I can't imagine we'd challenge them, but just closer. And um, maybe do better and win like a domestic cup or something. Or just play better football consistently. Um, mm. But maybe if he the ban is um, doesn't get lifted or postponed, he just doesn't seem like the man to bring you through a hard time playing the youth. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't seem like that type yeah. of coach. Um, but yeah, so uh, presumably you're happy. So you, I guess what you're alluding to is you're happy for him to, to stay on provided I there's am. progress. Yeah, I, I would say so. And I think that's something that's echoed by, uh, a larger amount of the fan base. The, now me- the, me- the measured, yeah. The measured part of the fan yeah. base. Yeah. Then at least one or two months ago where everything was in disarray. You know, I, I was at the point where I was also writing, you know, if he does get the sack, I'm not going to be sad because he will be the architect of his own downfall because he just didn't seem to learn. Mm. But he has shown improvement. He has shown that he's able to adjust. Even We even played like a, a 
four two four at one point um, mm. at some you know during a game. And yeah, and he showed I, that he I can play defensive as well, like the cup he final, can. the cup final. Exactly. Yeah. He he can. He just wanted to. I think. There was this one news, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jan, um, that um, he was talking with uh, Pep Guardiola before he came and Guardiola more or less advised him, well, yeah. only play with 13, 14 players yeah. the first week and then, you know, next I think that is something because, you know, he does get along very well with Pep and mm. Pep's had success in England. Um, maybe he just had this thought in his mind yeah I, i'll do that because he was used to it at napoli as well mm. but you can't just do that in the yeah. in league yeah. and maybe he just needed more time to realize hey this is not how it works but this works and we have played the best football when we wanted mm. for a long time mm. even though many would disagree with me on this i'm quite sure but you know it's been dire at times and hard to watch but when it did get going it, it was, was beautiful good. I agree. I agree, and that's a really good point that you bring up with, you know, the, the Pep Guardiola comment, and also just give him a season to learn. You know, new country, new culture, new football, new media. Just there is the element of look, we're fucking third. It was shit for a lot of the time this season, but give the man a chance. Like he does, he hasn't come from like Everton to Chelsea after a good season. You know, where he already knows the Premier League. So all that, you know, he's a clever man. Let him reflect on the season and hopefully develop like Pep did, you know. So Pep finished yeah. fourth in his first season or third or fourth, level on points for fourth. Sorry, looks like he's probably done better than that. So, you know, that's a, a food for thought. Um, mate, excellent episode, Jimmy. Um, thank you for uh, joining me this evening. I've thoroughly enjoyed talking Chelsea with you. Um, can you uh, let the listener know where they can find your work or your musings or just generally Jimmy Funnel vibes? <laughs> um, first of all, thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure to be on. I always love uh, chatting with you about Chelsea. It's, it was a great fun. pleasure. And it's great fun, exactly. Mm. Um, really do like that. Um, good, good. Where can you find me? Um Basically, not in the bushes on, on a Saturday night. Not on the bushes on Saturday night. No. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, never know. It depends how much of it. Uh, but yeah, you know, I primarily I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me uh, the, under the hashtag uh, hashtag under the Twitter name uh, Nick. <laughs> I'd love it if we could find you under the hashtag under the hashtag yeah. Bushes Jimmy. Um, uh, do not cut that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no. At Jimmy Funnel CFC, um, yeah. I write for the Chelsea Echo, but also for the Chelsea blog, uh, We Ain't Gotten a History. Yes, that's right. Um, I'd, of course, be glad if you would. Uh, love to read some of my articles. Do give drop me a follow. Uh, mm. I'd be massively appreciated. And, yeah, we'll hopefully hear each other again on here. Definitely, mate. We'll get you on the. I'll, I'll absolutely have you on a, a few times next season. Um, and yeah, thanks for thanks again for coming on, mate. And there, end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Big thank you to Jimmy for coming on the show again. I do enjoy talking to him and look forward to having him back next season on the show. Um, yeah, we're coming near to the end of the season of my debut season of Yannick and Chelsea. What a journey, eh? I'm older, my hairline's receded more, I've got a bad back, and Chelsea have given me heart attacks. Anyway, but we're back in the Champions League and it's all been fun. Um, I'm not going to get too sentimental yet because the season's not ended. I'll save that for the end. So, uh, 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Up the chills, keep the blue flag flying high, carefree, wherever you, yes, you may be. And I will see you later.